Well, hello there, and welcome to another edition of Servant's Heart Chapel. I hope uh, this particular episode is a special blessing to you. So let's get right to it. Praise the Lord. Now, the Bible was not uh, originally written in chapters and verses. We know that. Um, and here, Amos, we kind of see, uh, to me, evidence of that. Uh, someone decided to end chapter 1 where it is. Uh, but I think it would have been better ended three verses further. Because chapter 1 was all about the surrounding community, the communities around Israel and Judah. How God was bringing judgment upon them for the evils they have done. For the bad things they did. And here we find verse 1 in chapter 2, uh, where the Lord says, I will not relent from punishing Moab. It's another uh, nation surrounding around Israel. For three crimes, even four, because he burned the bones of the king of Edom to lime. So great uh, uh, lack of humanity. <clears throat> Therefore, I will send fire against Moab and consume the citadels of Kiriath. Moab will die to tumult and shouting and the sound of the ram's horn. I will cut off the judge from the land and kill all its officials with him. The Lord has spoken. So that really ends. I should have ended last week's right there. That really ends the judgment against the nations surrounding Israel. Now we're going to get into Israel. And when I say Israel, I mean Israel as a whole, because <clears throat> at this point, Israel was really two nations, uh, Judah and then Israel. Now, Judah did not break off of Israel. The rest of Israel broke off of Judah. And that was judgment against David. Remember, King David at one time was a man after God's own heart. And then he, he decided he wanted another man's wife, and so he had that man well, first he slept with her, and then in order to hide that fact that he slept with her, he, he had that, he, the man murdered. And, and God brought judgment upon David, and that was part of that judgment. Uh, and then we have, so we, now we have the split in Israel. Um, but neither Israel nor Judah were following God. And God was trying to warn them. Judgment is coming. Let's now remember last week I talked about all the things the other uh, other ones did. You know, people without mercy, people involved in the slave trade, uh, people who uh, participate in other sins, um, people who uh, harbor bitterness and resentment. Resentment. They don't forgive. These were all the evils that God had talked about with the other countries. So what would God bring on against Israel? We start with Judah. Verse 4, the Lord says, I will not relent from punishing Judah for three crimes, even four. Remember what that means? That's an ancient literary, literary device was meant to say they were doing bad, and then they kept doing it. They did not repent. 
They can't do so for three crimes, even four, because they have rejected the, the instruction of the Lord and have not kept the statutes. Okay, we are going to pause on this. This is a profound truth. If you don't get anything out, if you don't listen at all to the rest of the sermon, I want you to hear this. Judah was being punished because they rejected God's instruction. God gave them rules and commands to follow, and they rejected that. And that is something that's profoundly applicable today in our day and time because we have a lot of self-proclaimed Christians who reject God's instructions. And I say I don't take I don't say that lightly. I don't say self-proclaim lightly by the way. I say self-proclaim because anyone who is not following God's word cannot be a Christ follower. Therefore cannot be a Christian. And lots of people say they're Christians. And I know you know people who say they're Christians, but their life does not reflect anything like Jesus Christ at all. And so today, I, what, uh, that got me thinking. We have this problem now that's just like the problem Judah had. We have Christians, churchgoers, uh, who... who are know God's word and and reject that instruction. And I thought of nine nine things that I have seen firsthand and still see where people reject God's instruction. So I'm going to go through. Tim, I know you like to take notes, but I'm, I might go a little fast. I'll give you this copy, this printout that I have. So don't worry. First, we, we jump to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. It says, And let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. What's it saying? It's saying don't skip church. Don't skip Bible study. There's a value to it. It helps us. It encourages us. But I've seen people who, and we are missing now, who, who have this great trouble being consistent with that because the devil always comes up with some reason why, oh, not this week. I've seen people have the goofiest reason. You know, later today I will send out text messages, hey, we missed you in church, and I'll get all kinds of reasons why. My favorite reason was uh, someone who uh, Sunday happened to fall on uh, New Year's Eve. And, you know, we, let, we have people over our house on New Year's Eve, right, to, to, to ring in the new year. But it was Sunday. And so they sent me a text saying they wouldn't be coming to church because they're going to take a nap so they're ready for the New Year's Eve event. That's, that's the silliest reason I've, I've seen. The devil will try to get you. I don't feel like it. I'm upset. We had a fight. Uh, I, I, we, we overslept. 
which honestly I never thought would be an issue with an afternoon service. But the devil will do whatever he can. And, and so people ignore that. They reject that instruction. Number two, Hebrews 12, uh, also in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26 and 27. For if we deliberate, deliberately go on sinning after receiving the knowledge of truth, there, is no, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a terrifying expectation of judgment and the fury of a fire to consume the adversaries. Don't continue in willful sin. It's like years ago, um, Bob Newhart, who was known for uh, a TV show where he played a psychologist, and, and there, was a, there was a bit that he did um, uh, where a patient came to him for help. You know, oh, Doc, you know, um, you know, I have this big problem, and I, I, keep, I can't remember what it was. I keep doing this when I'm, you know, upset or whatever. And he's like, stop it. There's your advice. Stop it. Don't do it. And that's what I tell you now. Whatever sin challenge you have, stop it. Keep fighting. If you fail, ask forgiveness. Keep going. Keep trying. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't go with the flow. Don't just give a, well, I guess I'll always have this problem. I'm never going to have victory over it. Jesus didn't die, so you couldn't have victory over sin. But people do, they ignore that. People refuse to let go. Most of the time, it's because they, they want to hold on to this little pet sin of theirs. I enjoy this too much. It's not hurting anybody. It's okay. But the, that little pet is going to destroy you over time. Number three, Romans 14, 21. It is a good thing not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that makes your brother or sister stumble. And so we don't drink alcohol for fun. We don't do anything that makes our brother or sister stumble. I don't do that. Any, I, I, I did somebody not too long ago. They Their wife's dealing with being sober. She's been sober for months. Wonderful. The husband admits to drinking in front of her. Why are you doing that? What in the world? I can't comprehend that kind of selfishness. I would never want to do anything to make any of you stumble at all. I want you to do well. I want you to, uh, to, to follow God and, 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 and live happy lives, pleasing the Lord, finding joy in God. But yet we do this stupid stuff. Number four, uh, Hebrews 13.5. Keep your life free of the, from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you have. 
For he himself, referring to Jesus, has said, I will never leave you or abandon you. Do nothing for the love of money. I have seen men work nonstop, giving their family no time at all, no, no attention at all. Their kids never know dad is around or mom is around because they're constantly working. And I look, I understand. I'm not talking about those who are just trying to survive, okay? I'm talking about those who could spend time with their kids but would rather be in the office, would rather be at work or doing some project. Why? To get more money, to buy more stuff. That people sacrifice their families. Steve Jobs, when he was dying and, and someone was writing his biography, one of his intentions in getting that biography published was so his kids would read it and maybe understand what he was trying to do. That was almost a quote from, uh, almost an exact quote from him. Steve, and, and what I get out of that is he had no relationship with his kids. His kids were angry with him and they wanted nothing to do with him. He sacrificed his family. Shonda Pierce, Christian comedian, found great success and had a hard time to say no. And now her daughter won't even talk to her because she was never there for her family. Do not do anything for the love of money. Don't gamble. Don't steal. Don't cheat people. Don't trick anybody out of money. Number five, Leviticus 19.11. Now see if you can interpret this passage. Do not steal. Do not act deceptively or lie to one another. Do I need to explain that verse? You probably got to figure it out, don't you? Don't steal or lie. Don't do it. But people do, don't they? And they'll find versions of stealing or versions of lying. You know, it's okay if I... Um, if I clock in a little earlier, a little late than I'm supposed to, get a little extra money, it's okay if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do on the job. Uh, it's okay if... Um, if I... If I'm buying a car, write on the title that I only bought it for a dollar, so I'm not taxed that much. Even though I, I paid, I don't know, $2,000 for the car. That's lying and stealing at the same time. People will do either of these at the drop of the hat. If it suits them, oh, Pastor Darrell, you're, you're going 
Uh, you're getting too serious, becoming fanatical. It's okay to tell a white lie once in a while. No, it's not. I don't lie. Well, what about somebody's feelings? I just don't say anything. I keep my mouth shut. You can actually go through life without lying. You can do it. It's possible. And I noticed because when I was when I, before God saved me, I was a master liar. I was very good at it. And then after God helped me, I had to I had to change my thinking because I was so used to telling untruths that it would just come out. And so God had to help me re, get reprogram. But God, God, for me, God can do it for you. People ignore that. They, 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 people who, who can call themselves Christians will have no problem stealing or lying. Ver, uh, number six, 1 Peter 3.3. 3. Don't let your beauty consist of outward things like elaborate hairstyles and wearing gold jewelry, but rather what is inside the heart, the imperishable quality of of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. I've always thought this is a profound verse because it's the only place in the Bible where it says something is of great value to God. Did you know that? The God of the universe who always was and always will be, who is always in control, Who really owns everything finds a meek and quiet spirit a great value. I've not always had a meek and quiet spirit. And I want to develop that. And by the way, meek does not mean weak, meek is self controlled. But this verse, don't let your beauty consist of outward things. What's it saying? Stop using outward means to make yourself more attractive. Makeup, jewelry, elaborate hairstyles, expensive clothes. But Jesus, or Jesus and Peter here, said, Use what's on the inside. You want, if you want to be attractive, you want to make yourself attractive to people, have an attitude and behavior that others see as Christ-like. Where people go, wow, that's, that's the kind of person I want to be. But people don't do that. They ignore their attitude. They have a horrible, horrible attitude, and they deck themselves out. They cover women cover their faces in a bunch of goop. That's not even good for your skin. Waste a lot of money on it. 
from what I hear, it's rather expensive. Not to mention the cost of jewelry. For what? What purpose? God tells us to do better than that. But they ignore that. They, they just keep doing it. Uh, and then we get to number 7, 1 Timothy 2, 9 and 10. Also, the women are to dress themselves in modest clothing with decency and good sense, not with elaborate hairstyles, gold, pearls, or expensive apparel, but with good works, as is proper for women who profess to worship God. This also mentions, you know, a bunch of junk uh, hanging off your face, but uh, it uh, talks about the modesty factor. I don't have time to go into it, but if you do a, a study in God's Word on modesty, you'll find that God considers modesty to be neck to knee. Your neck to your knee needs to be covered. If it's uncovered, it's immodest. And we have this constant problem, this constant battle in the churches with modesty. They, they, um, they, they go sh the sleeves shorter and shorter and shorter. And if the sleeves are too short, you're going to be able to see the sides of your uh, abdomen. Be able to see your torso. You know what a torso is? Do you know what a torso is? That's this part of your body. That's your torso. And God says it's supposed to be covered. And there's battle with, with skirt lengths going higher and higher. Battle with, with necklines going lower and lower. It should be modest. We should be covered. That's what God expects of us. Number eight, Deuteronomy 22.5, a woman is not to wear male clothing and a man is not to put on a woman's garment. For everyone who does these things is attestable to the Lord your God. Don't cross-dress. In this day and age, right now, we're constantly pushing those boundaries. The devil is trying to blur those lines between men and women. And the Bible makes it very clear that men are supposed to look like men and women are supposed to look like women. There's supposed to be a distinction. And so we need to be mindful of that. But people ignore that too. I see that all I see it all the time. And finally, number nine, the Bible warns us to stay away from ungodly environments. Places we would be embarrassed to be found in. It warns us not to waste our money. It warns us to stay away from sensuality. It warns us to stay away from anything that is addicting. There's lots of warnings in the Bible. Yet people ignore all these warnings and go headlong into the fog of life. Remember the story I mentioned last week 
uh, on, on the interstate back east, there was a 95 car pileup because there was a, a very thick fog and people just ignore the, re the fact, ignore the reality they could not see more than 10 feet in front of them and barrel down the highway. But that's what people do in their life. They ignore the warnings and we barrel blindly down the highway of life and we are heading for tragedy. So back to Amos. After all that, we have Judah, verse 4, because they have rejected the instruction of the Lord and have not kept his statutes. The lies that their ancestors followed have led them astray. Therefore, I will send fire. I will send fire against Judah. And it will consume the citadels of Jerusalem. You see, Judah ignored God's instructions. And they were punished. Why would we think we're going to be any different? If we ignore God's instructions. Notice that it said the lies our ancestors follow have led them astray. What lies are we talking about? Well, back then it was probably, it's okay to worship false idols. That's not going to, you know, God's not going to punish us. The lies we see now from our ancestors is the gift of what's called postmodernism. That we don't trust in any, any hardcore reality. We don't trust in truth. There is no truth. God is not real. God does not care. The Bible isn't true. The Bible is not an authority. So therefore, I can just pick and choose whatever I want to believe and what I don't want to believe. I've seen people do it. That's how, that's how people who are so-called Christians say that homosexuality is not a sin. Because they have rejected part of the Bible. That's the reason. Another lie we hear is, oh, I have time. Maybe you need to change something in your life, maybe make some adjustments. Maybe there's a, you rise, Pastor Daryl, there's some things in my life that I know I need to correct and get right with God. And another lie you, uh, you, you, you may be hearing is, oh, I've got time. You've got plenty of time to make changes. You don't need to do that now. Hey, it's October. Why don't we wait till the beginning of the year? New Year's resolution and all that. And then, of course, January comes and it doesn't happen. You push, kick, kick the can further down the road. And the devil will try to get you that over and over again throughout your whole life. There's always time. One friend of my parents, uh, she was a preacher's kid. She rejected God as a young adult and went and lived a very wicked life. Her husband was an associate of the mob in Phoenix. He was involved in all kinds of stuff. Always offer, he was very nice. I always offer to give my parents stuff really cheap. Just don't ask where it came from. 
But time and again, this woman, her name is Phyllis, she, 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 uh, she came close to death many times. As I grew up, you know, I watched this happen. And by the time I was in college, she had something happen. I think she almost got hit by a car or got hit by a car. And, and I said, Phyllis, God's trying to tell you something. Now, he's been protecting you all this time. You've got to get your heart. And she's like, yes, yes, I do. You're absolutely right. I need to, I need to get my heart right. You're right. But she, as, as far as I know, she never did. And finally, one day, time's up. That's it. Let's go on to, to verse 6. Oh, let me back up. So, they rejected God's instruction. Why? Because they listened to older folks. Right? Their, the lives of their ancestors. Be careful of the counsel you follow. Who are you listening to to decide what you're, how you want to live. Whether it's the music you listen to, the books or magazines you read, the TV shows you watch, maybe it's someone in your life, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a friend, so-called friend. Be careful of the counsel you follow. Just because they sound wise doesn't mean they're righteous. Always, always match it up with God's word. What does the Bible say? In order to do that, you've actually got to get into the word. I won't get anybody to answer, but answer in your head. When was the last time you read, sat down by yourself and read a chapter, or even half a chapter in the Bible? I hope it wasn't that long ago. And when was the last time you read something and, and thought, wow, that's, that, that's something, that applies to something in my life? And I certainly hope this has happened to you, where you're reading the Bible and someone suddenly just jumps out at you and you're like, wow, that fits my situation perfectly. That's the Holy Spirit. All right, verse 6. I will not relent from punishing Israel, we got we got to finish up quick. For three times even four. Now this is Israel now. First it was Judah, now it's Israel. Because what did they do? Because they sell a righteous person for silver and a needy person for a pair of sandals. They trample the heads of the poor on the dust of the ground and block the path of the needy. A man in, so first off, they hurt the weak. The poor, they take advantage of people for their own gain. I can't, tomorrow, I can't remember who it was. I think it was one of your aunts that lived here years ago. She lived in an old, run-down trailer. Anyways, the whole thing was held together. looked like it was held together by duct tape. It was horrible. And she was being charged $600 a month for it. That's wrong. 
That's evil. I've seen other examples of, of landlords in this area taking advantage of people who, who had no recourse. And that's what Israel was doing. They were taking advantage of people for their own gain, innocent people. And then continuing in verse 7, a man and his father have sexual relations with the same girl, profaning my name. What was going on there? So part of the idol worship was prostitution. And so father and son would, would be with the same woman, which is an abomination to God, sexual immorality. And it was part of the idol worship. It was part of their ceremony for worshiping their false god. Verse 8, they stretch out beside every altar on garments taken as collateral. So they were not only sinning against God, they were doing it on coats taken as collateral. Why is that significant? Because let's say you say you're poor and you've got one coat and you need to borrow some money. So I need to borrow money from me. So I'm going to, I don't have an actual cash on me, but I'm going to take your coat. Thank you. And so Cody, uh, he borrowed five bucks from me. I'll give it to you by the end of the day. Now, at the end of the day, if he doesn't have the money, according to God's law with, with Israel, I'm supposed to find him and bring his coat back to him that night because it's going to be cold and he's going to need his coat back. And that's what God wants, wants to do. Whether he can pay me or not, but they weren't doing that. They were keeping the coats, and they were using it as bedding as they worshipped their false god and performed sexual immorality. That's what was going on in Israel. And so poor Cody was sitting there freezing. And by the way, verse 8, it says, And in the house of their god. So they were doing it in church. They were worshiping this false idol, committing sexual immorality, and hurting the poor. Matt, can you do any... It's like they almost were trying to do everything they could to make God angry. All at one time. And so... I. And they drank wine obtained through fines. So they, if something wasn't doing what they were supposed to, they'd find them and they would go buy wine with that and they'd get drunk on the wine. Just horrible debauchery. Verse 9, Yet I destroyed the Amorite as Israel advanced. His height was like the cedars and he was sturdy as the oaks. I destroyed his fruit above the roots beneath. And I brought you from the land of Egypt and led you 40 years in the wilderness in order to possess the land of the Amorite. So the, he's pointed out, you're doing these evil things. I destroyed the Amorites, this great nation, because of the evil going on in their land.
verse 12, but you made the Nazarites, and the Nazarite people were a special people dedicated to God. The Nazarites took a vow to never drink any alcohol at all. So their whole life, usually they were dedicated as children, they, 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 they never drank any alcohol at all. He said, verse 12, but you made the Nazarites drink wine. So they forced these people to break their sacred vow. And command the prophets, do not prophesy. They didn't want to hear from God. Verse 13, look, I'm about to crush you in your place as a wagon full of sheaves crushes grain. Escape will fail the swift. The strong one will not prevail by his strength. The brave will not save his life. The archer will not stand his ground. The one who is swift of foot will not save himself. And the one riding a horse will not save his life. Even the courageous warriors, the most courageous of the warriors will flee naked on that day. There's no speed, there's no strength, there's no skill, there's no courage, there's no equipment that will save you if you find yourself on the receiving end of God's judgment, nothing will save you. Salvation is now. Today is a day of, of salvation. You don't want to reject God. I was I was talking to a, a young lady not too long ago. Um, she's in her 20s and making decisions about her life. And I remember what was going on with me in my 20s. And, and my parents, I remember hearing about what was going on with them in their 20s. And can I tell you this, young people? I know it seems like it seems 20 years old seems like a long way off, but it comes fast. You're going to make decisions in that time period that's going to affect the rest of your life. And your life can go really well, it can go okay, or it can go really badly depending on those decisions. And one of the major decisions is whether you're going to follow or reject God. And Amos ends his chapter with, this is the Lord's declaration. Let's listen to God's instruction, shall we? Let's not fall into the same, the same fate that Israel did. Let's follow the Lord and obey Him and be ready for His coming. Let's stand. Well, I hope you enjoyed uh, today's episode. If you have any questions, feel free to email us at servantsheartchapel at gmail.com. Also, we have a website, servantsheartchapel.org. Um, we also have a Facebook page, so you're welcome to check us out. I'd love to hear from you, prayer requests, anything you may need. We are here for you.
Have a wonderful and blessed day.